I'm Rhea. I'm Jack. I'm Tony. And we are the Pop Girlers. Our mission? To review anything from pop culture. Our credo? To do so in less time than it takes to listen to a song. Our pledge? To strike when you least expect it. BAM! Everybody and welcome to another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight, Hidden Gems Edition. This is the show where I, by myself, for a little while, do a deep dive into a comic book that you probably missed. And if you read it, good for you. And if you haven't, hopefully you will. As always, Indie Comic Spotlight loves to bring you the hidden gems, the books that you just didn't know about that you didn't see, that you should read, that you should get out there. And these hidden gems are always spoiler-free. So this week, uh, I'm going to do... This book just came out in May of 2021, so it's not even a year old, so you can still probably get it in hardcover, I would assume. Uh, It was put up by First Second Books. I love First Second Books. Listen, if you can get your hands on First Second Books, you should. They make really excellent middle reader and YA graphic novels. They go up and down too. I mean, they've got some stuff for older kids too. Um, I I just think they do a bang up job over there. So I will sing the praises of first second books all day long. So this is by Kiara Brinkman and her husband, Sean Cheeky. Cheeky, I'm sure I'm saying your last name wrong. Sean, I'm sorry, sir. Um, The book is called Lucy in the Sky. And look, it's about what you think it is. <laughs> um, it's there's Beatles stuff. So this is a love letter to the Beatles, of course. And so if you're a Beatles fan, you should probably read Lucy in the Sky. But if you aren't a Beatles fan, you should also read it. I mean, this is one of those books that uh, you know the Beatles are one of those those bands that some people hate just because they're like everybody loves the Beatles and some people genuinely just don't love the Beatles and that's okay you can be wrong no it's fine I mean seriously I understand no band is for everybody and but you can objectively say they were good or they were important or whatever like I don't like Rush sorry Rush fans and I know Matthew B. Lloyd is a huge Rush fan they're good they're like insanely good they're like perfect and that's part of my problem with Rush is that they're so good they're so incredibly good that they're a little bit boring. And like the Beatles are very good, but you can tell they're sloppy. And the Ramones, one of my all-time favorite bands too, are definitely sloppy. And so there's something about Rush being so perfect that I don't love. And that the reason that I love the Beatles is for all those reasons, plus different singers, they do different stuff. I mean, weird, wacky songs. You can see them grow as a band, you know, from kids to adulthood and drugs and all that other shit. All the stuff that you hear and see, you know, when you're listening to the Beatles and reading about the Beatles. So you're like, well, why would that, why would a group of, you know, a a graphic novel about those people, those drug addict, crazy people be great for, you know, chain smokers. If you got to see um, Peter Jackson's documentary, Get Back, boy, you're going to be in a black lung just watching that thing, man, or get black lung just watching it. It's insane. Um, They smoked a lot. 
the thing is, you all of us find the thing that we love at a different age. And so Stanley used to say it was every comic was somebody's first comic. And that's why he would be like reintroducing the stuff every time the Hulk, he's this. And, you know, and you'd have to reread the origin in every single issue because he knew somebody's, and that's true. And we don't think about that always. If you're a Beatles fan, you're like, I've always been a Beatles fan, but you, you weren't. See, you weren't always a Beatles fan. Your parents may have been Beatles fans. I mean, sure, there are people who saw the Beatles. My mother saw the Beatles. Gail Ryder, who was on this very show, and we talked about the fifth Beatle, the comic. She saw the Beatles several times. Some people listening to this saw the Beatles. Some people have seen Paul McCartney. I have. I saw Paul. I saw Ringo. Not together. I saw them separately. Um, I never got to see John play. George, of course, didn't notoriously didn't tour in my lifetime. So, but I love the Beatles. I'm a huge Beatles fan, but I was born after the Beatles were broken up. And the vast majority of our audience were born after the Beatles broke up. And, you know, you, the next generation, the next generation, they're going to find the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or the Ramones or the fill in the blank, the Spice Girls. Imagine right now in 2022, there's some 12 year old who's discovering the Spice Girls for the first fucking time. That must be insane for people who were there. I'm not comparing the Spice Girls to the Beatles. Calm down, Steve. I'm not doing that. But what I am saying is they were a cultural phenomenon. There's only a handful of, of people who were in movies, right, where they play versions of themselves, the Spice Girls, the Beatles, the monkeys did it. It's not a normal thing to do, right? I mean, very rarely are there, does the band play themselves, you know, in a movie and or a version of themselves. And so, yeah, there's let's take that for what it is so that to me you know is a very spice girls uh thing right there the, the the big comparison between them and the beatles and of course femme on film will eventually cover spice world i've heard with uh steve oz and ria so but there's somebody right now who's experiencing spice girls for the first time where the beatles or the rolling stones fill in the blank okay somebody's right now whenever you're listening to this in a different part of the world is hitting play on you fill in the blank. What's your favorite album? What's your favorite album right now, somewhere in the world, somebody's listening to it for the first time. Somebody's hearing the opening riff of you filled it in, right? You thought, oh man, I wish I could hear for the first time. What is it? What's the thing that you wish you could go back in time? Like you're jealous when people hear for the first time, like Beach Boys Pet Sounds. Is that, is that the first time somebody heard good vibrations for the first time? And you're like, what the fuck is this? So this book, I know I'm not even talking about the comic anymore. That's, there's a hidden gem for you. Lucy in the Sky is about Lucy and discovering her dad's Beatles records and how she's in middle school and how that changes her life and how she's, she makes friends. She starts a band. She falls in love. She gets her heartbroken, sort of heartbroken in different ways. You know, I mean, she's she's a kid, but when you're 12, heartbreak is real and there's different kinds of heartbreak. There's loss, right? The loss of, of family members, the loss of friends, the loss of somebody you think you kind of like. So she starts a band and they start writing songs and they play Beatles songs and they love the Beatles and they listen to the Beatles and they're listening to records. And God damn, it's so good. It's such a great book. And it's just a love letter to the power of music and art and how 
we all need to remember that feeling. Like I listen to music every single day and I'm not ashamed of any music that I have. Like people say, oh, that's a guilty pleasure. Fuck that. There's no guilty pleasure. It's just pleasure, right? Music is all about pleasure. You love the thing that you love. Comic books are about pleasure. I love reading comic books. I'm pushing 50 people. I love comic books. People in the Comics Emotion family are 50 and older. They love comic books. There's people who are eight who love comic books. There's people who 75 love comic books. You sh- this is a love letter to art. It's a love letter to comics, love letter to music. It's a love letter to anything that you love. You should always love what you love. And this is a book that is not about regret. It's not about being embarrassed to do whatever. Like Paul's show, Geek, which you should all be listening to, Area of Geek. That is such a great show. But what he does is he sort of demystifies the idea of what it means to be a geek. And every person who's on the geek show to a person has said, well, when I was a kid, X. And some people say, well, when I was a kid, it was hard being a geek and people were dicks to me. And now everybody's a geek. So it pisses me off a little, but not really. I mean, I kind of love it, but I'm also kind of mad. And I get that because, you know, 19, I was always a Batman fan. I was always a comic book fan pictures of me in like the mid 70s batman shirt holding a batman action figure batman's my jam always have loved comic books always have loved i loved the batman 66 i'm on record as saying it's batman 66 is probably well it is in my top three batman movies batman 66 i fucking love that movie and it knows exactly what it is and it meant a lot to me and i know it's cheesy and whatever say what you want adam west knew what he was doing as ria said he knew the assignment and they had fun and it's outrageous and i just fucking love it i just love batman 66 i love the series i love the movie i love everything about it. so comic book stories may think so i grew up you know with comic book shit all over and uh I had Batman shirts and they were hard to come by right in the late seventies and early eighties. So the only ones you could get were either like black with the yellow bat symbol or the one that I had was the Batman 66 logo, which was Adam West's face. And you know, like the one from the show where his face was is in the bad ears. And I loved that shirt. I fucking wore that thing out. Um, And I even had a Calvin, I don't know if you guys all remember Calvin and Hobbes. I should totally cover Calvin and Hobbes on the show one day. What am I thinking about? Uh, Well, in real time, I just decided I'll be covering Calvin and Hobbes sometime soon. So I had a Calvin and Hobbes shirt where it was, um, (laughs) Hobbes was dressed up like on the cover, like on the front, it was them running dressed as Batman and Robin. Hobbs was Batman and Calvin was Robin and, and like just in the like over the pocket was them a picture of them running at you. And then in the back, full back, he says, nice panties, Hobbs says, and Calvin says, shut up, bat dork. Like this is the shit that I had. And so I loved that. Like I just loved Batman. I loved it all. And so I just, you know, I had Green Lantern, I had a Green Lantern ring. I mean, this is my jam. And so anyway, the point of this ramble is, is that I would, I remember pre-Batman 89 wearing that stuff, wearing a Green Lantern ring or wearing that Batman shirt. And to be fair, I probably didn't get the shut up bat dork one until after 89. Uh, but again, it was one of those things where you're like, what the hell is that? Um, hat on a hat. But people would be like, whoa, hey, where's Robin? And, you know, just say shitty dick things. And then, you know, and I'm sure I've mentioned this on other shows. And then after Batman 89, fuck, you couldn't turn the corner without having somebody in a Batman shirt. But I'm not here to gatekeep. That's not the point of this. It's the point of me doing this and talking about that and how this relates to Loosen the Sky is Loosen the Sky is not about gatekeeping. 
It's not about somebody saying, oh, you don't understand the Beatles because only I understand the Beatles. Or just like, you don't understand Star Wars because only I understand Star Wars. Or you don't understand Star Trek because only I can speak Klingon. Well, cool. I love that you can speak Klingon, but I can also love it too and have maybe only seen the movies. And I know there's people who've only seen the Star Trek movies who never watched the shows, but saw all the movies. I know people who watched every show and can speak Klingon. I know people who've read every book that was ever made about Star Wars or who, who's read. I mean, Mike has his show and Mike's not gatekeeping, right? But, but Mike, Mike, Star Wars, the reason that Star Wars Comics and Canon is such a fucking brilliant show is because Mike is opening the gate. He's not gatekeeping. He's saying, read the comics read along. Don't read the comics. I'm going to get you there. And, and I love listening because it's like an adventure. And I've said this before. Sometimes I save up Star Wars comics canon and I like, I'll, and then I'll piece them together. So it'll be like, Ooh, I'm going to get the whole adventure here. I'm going to get like these three Afro series or these, you know, whatever the, the, the Darth Vader wins. I mean, listen to him in a row. And it's like, I get a whole, my own little audio version guided by Mike. And it's such, so fun. And it's like, what, art and love is supposed to be about. And this book is about how you can discover something new and how if you don't put the fucking gates down, then everybody gets to love it. Everybody gets to be welcome to the Beatles party. Everybody gets to be welcome to the whatever it is, whatever you think is cool. You shouldn't want to keep it to yourself. I mean, there is something awesome about seeing your favorite band at a small club. Sure. You can say, oh, I saw fill in the blank wherever. I saw, like, here's my, so in Detroit, there is this band, a rockabilly band called Goober and the Peas. I'm not even making that up. Goober and the Peas. And uh, I mean, super good. They were a rockabilly band. And their drummer was this young, young man. I believe they called him Junior at the time. And he was just a kid when I saw him. I think he was the second drummer in the band. I'm going to guess history is going to probably, you know, the internet will probably fix this for me. But the drummer was a young Jack White of the White Stripes before his last name was White, before he married Meg. He was the drummer of Goober and the Peas. And I saw him. It was, you know, I didn't know who the fuck he was. I was just seeing Goober and the Peas. They were this rockabilly punk band who kicked hay onto the stage, off the stage and to the crowd. And they were like, they had a song called Hot, Hot Women in Cold, Cold Beer. I mean, that's what the song was. It knew exactly what it was. They knew who they were. And man, they, they packed him in. And I saw him at this little club in, in Ann Arbor called The Blind Pig. And the thing is, lots of people played The Blind Pig, right? Um, Nirvana played the blind pig. I mean, you know, before they were Nirvana, when they were still on the bleach tour, they played the blind pig. So lots of people just saw bands and it's not like, you're like, oh, I saw Nirvana at the blind pig. So I liked them better. You backed into that. And there are, sure, there are people who saw, you know, Nirvana on the bleach tour and were like, oh my God, I love this band. And then they broke and were probably pissed. But why were you pissed? Now that everybody likes your favorite band, it makes it easier for you to go see them. And sure, now you're not in a club with just 50 of your favorite friends, but these are your people. This is your band. These You want them to live. Like if everybody gatekeep the Beatles, if everybody gatekeep comic books, if everybody gatekeep whatever cool art shit it is, then it wouldn't be out there for everybody. And Losing the Sky is just about that. It's about like saying, love what you love, but share what you love. I mean, that's what we do at Comics in Motion, right? We're sharing the things that we love. And sometimes we talk about things that people hate. We have differing opinions and we'll disagree, whatever. That's awesome. But we're sharing the things that we love. And sometimes the things make us uncomfortable. And sometimes it's like, eh, that one wasn't for me. Like somebody will recommend me a book and I'm like, didn't love it. Or I'll recommend somebody a book. And they're like, don't care for it. That's okay. Because that's what we're not. We're opening the gates. And while Lucy in the Sky doesn't set out to be a book about gatekeeping, it is totally a book about gatekeeping. These four girls, middle school girls start a band. And for years, right? Bands, like bands were dudes. 
there was gatekeeping. There was a gender gatekeeping in bands, right? It's like, oh, that band has a girl. And they would even say this as a girl singer. Well, I'm sorry, Stevie Nicks was a woman and Fleetwood Mac wasn't Fleetwood Mac that you all know and love until Stevie Nicks joined the band. I mean, the Peter Green stuff is good, but it's totally different. And when Stevie Nicks isn't in Fleetwood Mac, even when she's not singing the song, it's a different band. The band is better for having Stevie Nicks in it. And, you know, Christine McBee was already there, but she wasn't considered because she was kind of the bridge. She was there when Peter Green was there. And then she, she kind of bridged to get Lindsay and Stevie in. But, you know, up and, and there's there's a thing where there's a, a you know, a, a band with multiple genders and they make good music and different people sing and they fucking rock. And it's awesome. But there's this idea that, oh, punk is for boys or rock is for boys or whatever. Fuck that shit, man. Th this book is about breaking those doors down. So these girls love the Beatles and they want to be in a band and they want to make art and they want to think big thoughts and they want to write songs and they want to do things. And it's so cool to see that and to have this, ins this inspiration. And so there's a handful of books that kind of come out in the last couple of years that are about this. And, and you know, some focus specifically on like, you know, like girl power, GRRL, like, you know, the Riot Girls. Um, like Moxie is the book, and they turned that into a movie uh, in particular that I that I can think of and how that was, I loved Moxie. In fact, I loved Moxie so much that I immediately bought a copy for all my children, all my four of my girls who are adult women, and I sent it to them. And, they're all, and this is a book about teenagers. It was like, you guys all need a copy of Moxie. It's that good. Everybody should get this right now. Everybody out there right now, you should get a copy of Moxie and give it to a girl in your life and give it to a boy. Give it to anybody. Everybody should read Moxie, but it's so cool because it's about the power of, of girls when they band together and the power of women and how that's been taken from them because Yes, sexism. Yes, patriarchy. Of course, that shit is real. But it's also about gatekeeping. What is patriarchy if not just a gatekeeping thing? What is pretension if it's not gatekeeping? Like, I'm the teacher, and I never pretend that I'm in the ivory tower. Sure, I think I'm an expert at things because I have two master's degrees. So I'm an expert in those things, but I'm not. I mean, one of them is in creative writing. There are better writers than me. I know better writers than me. The books that I've written are not, I wouldn't even give any of the books I've written five stars, but I think they're good. I get frustrated sometimes when I read a book that is shitty, not because somebody loves that book. I'm not here to gatekeep. You love whatever you love. I think the book is shitty. I just get frustrated because it's like, fuck, this book got made and mine didn't. And it's a little frustrating because I think my book is good and I want my book out there, but there is still a gate to be kept in literature. Like comic books, we're working, we, some of the comics, most people were writing and making our own comic, and we're going to get that out there, whether that's through a company or we just do it ourselves or whatever, make a Kickstarter. I've had plenty of people on this show who are kickstarting comic books, movies, music. There's no gate anymore, and I love that. Like, you could just go make whatever and put it on Spotify or put it on YouTube or make a comic and you can get it on Comixology or whatever. There's lots of things you can do. Indie comics you're rewarded for doing it yourself. But with literature, unfortunately with books, there's still that gate. Like you can self-publish and I have considered it. But once you self-publish, for whatever reason, that gate is still there and now you're tarnished. So it's like, I just was like, fuck it, I'm tired of waiting. I think my book is good. I've paid for a professional editor. I've done all the things. I'm putting my book out. But if you do that, unless you're in a very small minority, people will never take you seriously as a writer again. And that's some bullshit. And that is some gatekeeping. Now, there are some crappy books that have been self-published. There's no doubt. There's some really bad, shitty, but you know what? You put out a shitty self-published book and if one person reads it and loved it, 
Awesome. That's amazing because you're entitled to do that. What I get frustrated with is the gatekeeping that is there. And then because of the gate, good books aren't there. Like we're just like, oh, we're looking for the next X. And for a long time, movie studios were that way. And music was that way. We need the next this. We need the next the Beatles. We need the next Stones. We need the next the Who. We need the next whatever. We need the next Spice Girls. We need the next, you know, new kids on the block. We need the next, and which leads to NSYNC, which leads to this. And so then there's, you know, BTS. Well, we need the, who's going to get the next K-pop band? Fuck it. Who, why does it got to be the next? If there's a good K-pop band, let them put out an album. Don't force it to happen. So gatekeeping works the other way too. It's like, it's not, it's like, instead of it being like, you're keeping the gate, nobody can get through, but you're keeping the gate because you're only allowing certain people through. So I love the, you know, the, the internet has freed up. I'm sitting here ranting and raving to you all. So it's free to, I have the opportunity to just say this and if 50 people hear it or 200 people hear it or no people hear it, I put it out there, it exists, it's free. The market of free ideas is there. There's no gate anymore. Now, of course, small indie podcasters, we're not gonna make money doing this. Why? Because there's a gate now. Spotify bought Joe Rogan, whatever you wanna say about all that bullshit with him and fuck him for all the bullshit he said, whatever. If you love Joe Rogan, great. If you don't, fine. I have no, I never have, I've listened to two episodes of Joe Rogan, the Edward Snowden one, because I'm a big Edward Snowden fan. And then there was another podcaster I liked, Pete Dominic, who was on there. So I listened to his show when he was on there. That's it. I knew who Joe Rogan was before, you know, he was on news radio. He had, um, he was on the man show. He was on fear factor. Like didn't like the stuff that he did. I mean, I love news radio, but that wasn't his show. So I wasn't interested. So when he had a podcast, I didn't care, but the thing is, is they've, they've commodified podcasting to the point now where there is no room. There's still that gate. At first, it was like, let's kick down the doors and everybody can do this. Hooray. And now it's like, well, we're still going to pick the select few. And we're going to sell that to the point where now where hands are tied. So the stuff that Joe Rogan did, Spotify's like, well, fuck, we've got this $20 million deal with him. We're stuck with him no matter what. So we got to figure it out and whatever. And that's the other problem is that when we own things, own them too much. Gatekeeping is also about commodifying, right? Like I just said with the podcasting, that's been commodified. And and the Beatles are commodified. Like I'm not going to play a Beatles song on this because it's a surefire way to get it taken down. Like I play music on almost every one of my shows. And for the most part, nobody seems to give a fuck because I'm not making any money and I'm not selling a Beatles song. I'm not selling a Ramon song. I'm not selling a killer song. I'm including their song because their song enhances my art and I want people to hear them. And I've paid for the music. My, I bought the music that you hear. Every song you've heard, I've bought or I've gotten, you know, because it's, there's no um, copyright anymore. It's just copyright free music. So I put it on there. But, you know, like there's still that get like, oh, well, you can't hear the Beatles. Unless, and again, I love the Beatles, but you can't even hear the Beatles through this because somebody from you know, whoever owns the Beatles, not even them anymore. They don't even own their own song. So it's whoever owns their songs with Sony music for a while. And I don't remember who it is. It probably was still them. They own it. And so therefore they're going to come after me because they're like, wait, you didn't pay the licensing agreement and gatekeeper, gatekeeper. And so I don't even know because it's a book, they get away with it. You know, they get away with writing this book about this love letter to the Beatles, which I love. I mean, again, I'm not shitting on them. I People got to make money. But I feel like if I buy them, album I should be able to listen to it as many times as I want wherever the fuck I want but you can't and so all of these big thoughts I have while I'm reading this book about these you know teenagers 
tweens really making a band and loving something new for the first time and it's changing their life and they're going to have big thoughts and this book just makes me have big thoughts and it makes me love art even more and i know <laughs> i know i went way off track on this one and i said fuck way too many times for a middle reader book but i swear to you it's so good the art style is vibrant it pops off the page I, I love it. The, the kids, their faces are expressive and they're heartbreaking. And I laughed and I cried and I read this book. I mean, I got this last year. I've sat on this for a while and I, I recently reread it. And I'm like, I'm fucking hidden gemming this. I want everybody to get this. If, if you know somebody who feels gatekept, if you know somebody who loves music or who loves art or who loves comic books or who doesn't love any of those things, seriously, put this book in their hands. I, I don't know how anybody could read this book and be like, that sucked. I honestly don't know. I don't have a clue how anybody could read this and have anything negative to say about, it. is it the most, is it perfect? Nothing is perfect. But the thing is on Goodreads, it even only has, it doesn't even have like a, a four rating. Like Goodreads does one, two, three, four, five. So usually a pretty good book has four. It's like a three. And some of the negative ratings are like boring and whatever. It's like, fuck it. I mean, what do you need? Does everything need to be action and exploding? I mean, sometimes just a story about life is all you need. Some of the best stories, right? The reason we love Star Wars isn't because the special effects are great. It's because we care about the people. It's character-driven stuff. The reason people dislike the prequels isn't because they're bad. It's because they hate the person. They don't like Jar Jar. The person, like, there's, it, they take it personally. And that, you know, that's what it is. And so these characters are great. They're three-dimensional on a two-dimensional page. I just love it. And I ranted, I raved. <laughs> I mean, I really got fired up. I wasn't expecting to, to go this way. And that's the beautiful thing. That's why I love doing the hidden gems. Because I just sit down and I hit record and I start talking. I have no notes in front of me other than like, I want to talk about this. Look, losing the sky. It's beautiful. I love it. What I want you to do, because I can't play Beatles songs over this, which is very disappointing. So, what I want you to do, so what I'm going to do actually is I'm going to play not even covers of Beatles songs, but I'm going to play some songs that the Beatles covered. Huh? See what I'm going to do there? Something from the Backbeat Band. Uh, the Beatles don't own those because they're covers. There's Beatles songs, them doing covers. So that's what I'm going to play. Some Backbeat Band stuff. Ha, huh? that's how I'm going to get around it. Um, Should have thought of that beforehand. But anyway, so I'm going to play some Backbeat Band. But I want, want you to do is go watch Backbeat because I fucking love that movie. But I want you to listen to the Beatles. Pick your favorite album. Revolver is mine. Whatever your album is, it doesn't matter. Hit play. Read this book. Okay? And then come send me a message. My website is arfarina.com and be like, man, I love that book. I hated that book or you're wrong. Your whole rant about gatekeepers. You're an idiot. And here, tell me why you hold your gate. I don't care. Um, I just, this the book is beautiful and I love it. You should love it. And you should read it, read it to your kids, give it to your kids, give it to your grandma, give it to your grandpa. Everybody should read Loose in the Sky and listen to more music and love more art. Love art. Art is important. No matter what you say about anything, no matter what pisses you off and no matter what disagreements you have, if you should have disagreements with people. There are people who suck and you should dislike people and you should dislike their politics. I'm not saying kumbaya and we can't we all just get along because sometimes we can't all get along because that guy over there is a fucking bigot and i'm not and that guy over there is a gatekeeper so listen i understand we're not only going to get along but i think you should read this book think about the way that art can help art can break down barriers art is a place where we can meet in the middle 
doesn't mean we're going to agree on other things, but I think in the moment while you're reading art, you can think big thoughts. We can all think big thoughts. And hopefully that asshole, that bigoted asshole listens to art, or reads some art or looks at some art and changes his mind and is less bigoted and is less of a gatekeeper, right? That's the hope. That's why you give this to anybody, even somebody you hate, give them a book about art, tell them, think about art. Doesn't mean you're going to agree. And I'm not pretending you have to agree, but art matters. That's where we can all agree. And art truly can change things. I mean, I know it doesn't stop wars. It doesn't sit, but it makes us think about stuff. It makes us think big thoughts. And this book is beautiful. Lucy in the sky. Okay. Everybody go get it. Love it. It's, I know it's just like some book about middle school girls. And you're like, why would that get him this fired up? When you read it and you think about it, you will be too. So let's listen to some backbeat band. And uh, man, God, go read this book. I think I'm just going to read it again. I fucking love it. All right. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you next time. Just let me hear some of that rock and roll music. Any old way you choose it. It's got a backbeat. You can't lose it. Any old time you use it. Gotta be rock and roll music. If you want to dance with me. If you want to dance with me. I got no kick against my jam. 